Welcome back to the Magnolia Media Podcast, part of the Magnolia Media Network. I'm your host, Jonathan M. Ruggiero, here with my co-host, Logan Ramsey. And we are bringing you today's highlights. Well, Biden wins a historic victory in South Carolina. The South Carolina primary was moved to the head of the pack for Democrats this time around because it's simply a more diverse state and shows the diversity of the nation in a much more fair way. Usually, uh, an incumbent president doesn't run in a primary. However, Congressman Dean Phillips of Minnesota has decided he wants to make a bid for the Democratic primary, and he was crushed. They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine. As President Biden took down more than 96% of the vote and won every single county in South Carolina in this Democratic primary. We also had Marianne Williamson, a writer, who brought up the very back of the pack with about 1.3% of the total vote. This historic win for Biden dispels a couple of myths. Number one, that there's no excitement around Joe Biden. Well, with economic numbers like the ones we're going to discuss in a moment, we can dispel that myth right away. Also, the myth that black voters are somehow souring on Joe Biden. Biden won 13% more of the black vote in the 2024 primary that happened on Saturday than he did in 2020, which we all remember in 2020, South Carolina was the state that rescued his fledgling campaign and helped him run right through Super Tuesday and become the Democratic nominee. This was after a fourth place finish in Iowa and a fifth place finish in New Hampshire. Also, Quinnipiac, the Quinnipiac poll that shook the earth. As the Quinnipiac poll shows, President Biden is leading Donald Trump by about six percentage points, 50 to 44. And it's largely due to women and independence. Joe Biden, according to this poll, has a 26-point lead, 58 to 26, among women, not college-educated women, not women with PhDs or black women, but women, as in half the people in the world. Now, Donald Trump has about a 10% lead among men who are less likely to vote. But it's another indictment against men in this country. He leads roughly 52 to 42. Along with this, I also believe that it's the realization that it, this is going to be a rematch. Biden v. Trump. And up until the beginning of 2024, there was some feeling that at any moment Gavin Newsom could step in and possibly take the reins and or uh, Shapiro, the governor of Pennsylvania, some of the rising stars in the Democratic Party. I can say this, we have no shortage of stars in the Democratic Party from Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer to aforementioned Governor of California Gavin Newsom. However, right now, in this moment, against a possessed madman with autocratic tendencies like Donald Trump, I can't imagine anybody better for the job, especially when you look at the economic news we're going to bring to you in a few moments. But it's not all 
good news for Democrats as the March 4th, January 6th trial date for Donald Trump in federal court in D.C. in front of Judge Tanya Chutkin has officially been postponed. It is no longer showing on her calendar, which means it could happen in April. She has suggested possibly a late April court date or maybe in May. This while the D.C. court awaits the appellate court, a three-judge panel, heard arguments about three weeks ago on absolute presidential immunity, something not mentioned anywhere in the Constitution or anywhere else for that matter, which essentially would mean a president could, uh, in theory, murder his political rival and get away with it, not be held accountable. He could launch an insurrection against the United States government, attempted coup after a lost election, and get away with it. There's also the matter of 14.3. Of course, I'm referring to the 14th Amendment to the Constitution and its third article, which says no person who committed an insurrection against the United States or gave aid or comfort to someone who committed insurrection against the United States can ever serve as a federal officer in the states or in the federal government ever again. I imagine the Supreme Court's probably going to find some exception to 14.3. I've heard legal scholars say that Trump can be on the ballot. He could even be elected, but he would not be eligible to serve, especially once this January 6th trial does kick off. The confusing thing about it is that the three-judge panel, which is just the first appeal Trump's attorneys can make, has taken so long when we know, based on just their line of questioning a few weeks back, how they're going to rule. Then, of course, Trump can appeal to the full 11-member panel of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, and after losing there, he can appeal to the Supreme Court, the illegitimate religious Supreme Court of the United States, which has done itself no favors with past rulings. And I do believe they take up the matter of 14.3, but I'm starting to begin to believe they won't even bother with absolute presidential immunity, which frankly would put Trump's life in danger. Not that I think Joe Biden would actually go through with sending SEAL Team 6 after somebody like Donald Trump, but Donald Trump would certainly do it in reverse. He's made that very clear. He's going to put us into internment camps. He's going to round up migrants. He's going to increase the price of everything by 60% by levying tariffs and extra taxes on every imported good in the United States. Quite an ineffective way to try to break the global system of trade there, Dementia J. As we see this ever-widening gap among female voters, lest we forget, it's also a growing gap among independents, which is one of the main reasons we see such a huge jump in the Quinnipiac poll from December to January. In December, it was only a one percentage point lead, which lands within the margin of error for the Quinnipiac poll. And now it's up to six. 
partially because support amongst women has more than doubled and support among independents has more or less doubled. Independents now favor Joe Biden by more than 20%. I am uncertain how a con man like Trump can win with these types of polling numbers. It would truly be the biggest victory in the history of politics if he somehow pulled out even an electoral victory with these types of numbers going against him. And it seems to me that the play has sort of been stolen by Joe Biden, who is spending a lot of time with labor unions and hourly workers in states like Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and even Ohio and Indiana. Biden has been by far the most pro-labor and pro-union president of my lifetime and maybe ever. He is certainly the first president to ever stand in a picket line for a union, as he did this summer with the UAW workers, and has really ushered in an age of labor when everyone from Hollywood screenwriters to UPS drivers have been on strike. And we've seen the UPS workers, for example, get um, quite good terms in their new collective bargaining agreements. I'm not sure how good the terms were for the actors or the screenwriters guild, but they did get some concession that AI, at least for the next four years, cannot be used to capture their image and that they have to be hired and rehired every time an extra or someone who stars in a commercial or plays a background character in a commercial has to actually be there and it can't be an AI generated image. And as we said before, as I said before, the Chutkin case has been postponed. This is a huge blow, but one that we expected after the embarrassment that was Trump in front of Judge Lewis Kaplan in a federal court in New York, which got him an $83.3 million judgment in the E. Jean Carroll lawsuit part two, he has refrained from mentioning Miss Carroll, even on his Truth Social platform. I mean, he's kind of talked around E. Jean Carroll, but never about E. Jean Carroll specifically. I imagine when the, your, your party collected $200 million in total donations, but spent $202 million in the same year, uh, you have everyone sort of looking at you rather angry and cross-eyed. We mentioned, mentioned this in previous episodes, Logan, but we have state Republican parties that have $80,000, $90,000, dollars left in the coffers. They don't have money to run elections. No, because Trump has spent it all. Trump spent $50 million last year on attorney fees. A lot of those attorney fees are having to go to members of the Republican Party who are willing to act as fake lectors back in 2021 and have been charged in Fulton County, Georgia in that sprawling RICO trial. These people were willing to subvert democracy, go to Washington, D.C., and cast Georgia's electoral college votes for Donald Trump, despite the fact Joe Biden won the state 
by 11,779 votes. They tried to cheat and still get caught, and now they have to pay for it. And now that it's a new election, they don't even have the money because they tried to cheat in the past. Yes, so it's backfired in every way possible. Donald Trump has got to be bordering on bankrupt himself Especially as we still await, and we we took a few days off from recording. Yeah. And we still haven't heard from Jen Jingeron in the New York civil fraud trial brought by Letitia James, which is seeking up to $370 million. I can't wait. Disgorgement. I know. I imagine it it might not reach $370 million, but let's just say it's a quarter of a billion dollars. A quarter of a billion dollars to disgorge. That's going to go against his properties. That's going to go against everything from Mar-a-Lago to Trump Tower. Um, They they talk about some of the properties he owns just outside New York City, some of the vacation property that could uh, get caught up in this whole thing that could be taken from Donald Trump. But we've still yet to see that. And that'll be on top of the $88 total dollars he owes E. Jean Carroll. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that he can't shut his mouth because even in the hearings, he wants to say that he's worth billions. He's not worth billions, not even with all the scams that he's done with NFTs to Trump University. He's already spent all the scam money from picking it out of people's pockets as much as possible. He's empty. And now he wants to know if you agree that he looks like Elvis Presley. Yes, the dark-skinned, dark-haired Elvis Presley supposedly looks like Donald Trump, or rather Donald Trump looks like Elvis. This was the most absurd thing I think I've ever seen on Truth Social or reported on Truth Social. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Did you see this? The split screen? Yeah. Of... of Donald Trump and Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley? Really? Elvis? That's a little bit creepy. And where the hell did that come from? When, when did he just it's decide random to have a thing It is. You could wake up to. It's like, what? What happened? So is this your attempt to steal Biden's thunder after an enormous historic victory in the South Carolina primary? And keep in mind, despite being an incumbent, he actually has to compete in these primaries because he has two primary challengers. And, you know, Dean Phillips lost in New Hampshire, uh, and now he's been absolutely decimated in South Carolina. But then again, you can't spell Phillips without two L's. And now he has those two L's. Let's see what he does moving forward. We know he's being financed by his hedge fund bros, uh, but the Minnesota congressman is not doing himself any favors going forward in the Democratic Party if he decides to keep this charade up. As for Marianne Williamson, she seems to be ready to run for president every time there's a Democratic primary. So she's sort of a secondary thought. Combined, both of them just barely broke 3% of the total vote in the state of South Carolina with Biden capturing 96, 96.6, I think, was the final number. It changes because precincts were still reporting. But it was roughly 96.6% of the state winning every single county, including counties where he only got 30 to 35% of the vote, like Myrtle Beach, 
Uh, he's done exceptionally well. So uh, kudos to President Biden. He's we, killing it, man. He's he is. Killing it. He's doing a great job. When we move on to the economic numbers, something that was really fascinating was watching Fox News admit through gritted teeth that the Biden economy is absolutely on fire. It may well be the best economy we have ever seen. Although prices are still a little high at the grocery store, gas prices have leveled out, inflation has leveled out at 3.4%, getting very close to the Fed's target rate of 2%, while wages have grown at 5.1%. So now wage growth, annual wage growth, has surpassed inflation. So now you're doing better whether inflation is at 3.4% or not. Not to mention, this is the very, very best economic news from any major economy around the world. I mean, inflation still above 9% in the United Kingdom. Oh, and by the way, in Fox News's second favorite country behind the US, Hungary, Hungary, the country of authoritarian dictator Viktor Orban, the man who has banned homosexuality, for example, stripping the LGBT community of any right to exist whatsoever, inflation's over 20%. Jeez. Imagine that. Imagine 20%. That would be, in Tennessee at least, about 65 cents more per gallon of gas. That would mean just adding 20% to everything you buy, plus, of course, we pay a 10% sales tax rate in Tennessee because we don't have a state income tax. In fact, gerrymandered districts in Tennessee have uh, given the Republican Party, the Republican supermajority in both the state House and the state Senate, the ability to change Tennessee's constitution and guarantee there will never be an income tax in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. So people that don't live in Knoxville... Um, or Tennessee. Or large. Tennessee in itself. The rich don't pay taxes no. whatsoever. Most of the taxes that are paid are from the middle and lower class majority. And the only thing that they gave as an excuse for it was allowing... A 1% discount on groceries for poor people. Mm. That literally does nothing. Well, it was essentially when they did away with taxing earnings from the stock market or yeah. the bond market, they said, it's no big deal. We'll cut grocery prices for those people who don't have stocks and bonds by 1%. So instead of 10% sales tax on groceries, we pay 9 which doesn't make any sense. We're also one of only eight states that have yet to expand Medicaid, and we have almost a quarter of a million out of 6.5 million total residents who are in the donut hole, which means they don't make enough money or were unable to work because they're taking care of a sick family member or whatever the case may be. They don't make enough money to qualify for a rebate on the uh, healthcare.gov exchange, and they don't have access to Medicaid because Tennessee, again, is one of only eight states that haven't, hasn't expanded Medicaid yeah. to all citizens who fall into that 
donut hole. So if you're staying at home, taking care of a sick loved one, if you didn't earn any money the previous year for because you had a health crisis of some sort, you don't qualify for Medicaid and you can't get a rebate unless you want to pay $400 plus a month for health insurance. You can't get health insurance uh, through the government marketplace. Me and you have a lot of experience with that mm-hmm. whole situation yep. just because of what we've had to deal with in the past. Me with my health condition and you with your grandmother. Yep. And I think one of the most disgusting facts about it is taxes don't go towards its medical care. Its taxation doesn't go towards um, medical care in Knoxville or the state of Tennessee. It actually goes to 40 other states that do have medical care, like Kentucky. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what he's saying is that Medicaid expansion was an option for every state to vote on after the passage of the Affordable Care Act, which has really evolved into quite an effective system. In the beginning, it was a little clunky. There was supposed to be a penalty if you didn't have health insurance. But there was also this glaring loophole where states just could opt in or opt out of Medicaid expansion. And Tennessee had opted out. At the the time, we had a governor named Bill Haslam who tried and tried and tried to get Medicaid expanded in the state of Tennessee. And now with MAGA Bill Lee, who told us during the pandemic to pray away the virus. Oh my gosh. That didn't work. And who is essentially embezzling funds from the U.S. government to open religious schools. Essentially gutting the public school system. And religious idiots are actually falling for that bullcrap and just handing their money over, saying, oh, give it to God. He's going to find a way. And, and what will end up happening is, and, and, I, and I take this from uh, Professor Scott Galloway. Again, I've mentioned him a few times on here. If you're not a fan of the Pivot Podcast, you have got to uh, become a fan of the Pivot Podcast, the Prophecy Please Podcast. Please check it out. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's absolutely great. It's tech and business primarily, but they do break into politics. And uh, despite being a business professor and an independent gazillionaire, uh, Professor Galloway likes to talk about sociology a lot, mostly the plight of young men and how we can do certain things to create better men. We need better role models. We need more male teachers. And uh, states like Tennessee that are essentially having book burnings, much like they are in Florida, have to are going to have to face the fact that states with major institutions of higher ed, like Massachusetts, which has MIT, Harvard, Boston College, Cambridge, and so many more, might not recognize a high school diploma from a state like Tennessee or Arkansas or Mississippi or Florida, which has over 25 million residents. It would be a real concern to me that my children weren't learning about slavery for crying out loud or learning how Americans took part in it, including Thomas Jefferson, who was probably the most infamous slave-owning president of all time. But I digress. I think think it's disgusting the fact that they're trying to take away books that educate the young youth about the big f*** up that America did in the past with slavery. 
not admitting to it that it was wrong and educating like okay this was a mistake that our forefathers and founding fathers made and let's just learn from that instead they just want to burn those books get rid of those books uh, they they they're they're picking and choosing their hypocrisy has been on full display of course moms for liberty led this charge and we've seen the drug-fueled sex cult that is moms for liberty essentially disintegrate before our very eyes. Uh, moving on to another topic that I think is rather important. Donald Trump, if he thought he had a winning issue in the border and in Ukraine and Israel, by torpedoing and openly admitting to, to torpedoing legislation that would have addressed the border, would have gotten money to Israel, would have gotten money to our allies in Ukraine who are fighting Russia, openly admits it. So if this if this issue was a hot potato, Donald Trump just caught it and decided to leave it in his lap. Now, if there are presidential debates, Biden can put 100% of the blame for any issue we have with migration, with any issue we have funding Israel with an issue we have funding Ukraine, even though it's apparent Republicans do not believe in the importance of defending Ukraine. I think it's because a lot of Republican leadership, in particular senators like Johnson of Wisconsin, who's an absolute disgrace, and Donald Trump, who did host the Miss Universe pageant in Moscow in 2013, and there are supposedly PP tapes out there somewhere, golden shower tapes of Donald Trump. That is disgusting. Who oh. filed a lawsuit uh, against the company that put together the quote-unquote dossier against Trump uh, was dismissed in a UK court earlier this week. So that won't be moving forward. He He can be... Blamed for all of it now. Now when you see, hear, or see something tragic at the border, you think of Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. He's managed to take the blame, thinking that he can run on this issue and it'll be good for him. Well, thus far, that has proven to not be the case. Donald Trump is, well, sabotaging Donald Trump. And that's just sort of what Donald Trump does. All of this while we await the ruling from Judge Ingeron on exactly how much money he's going to have to pay New York State. We already have the $88 million due to E. Jean Carroll, and in order to appeal those that decision, he has to come up with $83.3 million plus the cost of the bond. If, if anybody will give him a bond, uh, that's why he'd have to come up with all $83 million. Because, I seriously doubt he'll get a bond. Yeah, if, if he doesn't get a bond, he has to come up with all $83 million. So not only is he losing his mind, he's losing his money too. I think that's what's causing him to lose his yeah. mind. I, I believe that uh, thinks he's going to actually get away with all of the uh, criminal prosecutions going on against him right now. Uh, I, I think he believes he can either wait out the system or game the system somehow to keep himself out of prison. And, and he's putting all of his eggs in one basket. And that is, 
getting elected and making all of this go away. Although I don't believe he's that, that the momentum is in his direction any longer. I believe it was when it was still a little bit of a scattershot, when there was a little bit of a chance that perhaps someone else would step in and run as a Democrat or perhaps someone else would step in and, and run as a Republican and Trump would just sort of go quietly. Well, Trump has chosen not to go quietly and he's running against a president whose economic numbers are absolutely off the charts. Did we even mention the stock market? Did we even mention that the Dow Jones and the S&P 500 are hitting record highs every week? The Dow Jones is trading at over 38,000. Last time I looked, the S&P 500 was trading at 4,900. These are staggering figures, especially when you look at the inflation number versus the wage growth number. That's an almost 2% gap. Also, again, if you're a home buyer, it's not the best time to be out looking for a home. However, the Fed has signaled that interest rates will come down. We could be looking at an interest rate cut as soon as March and then one every three months after that. So it might not be long before you can get a mortgage at 4 or 5% again in the United States. Right now, there's really no way of getting a mortgage at less than 7 or 8% because of the Fed's interest rate. But it has been an absolutely uh, rip-roaring economy for President Biden. And I think everybody owes him a, th a thank you for doing your job for not letting politics get in the way, for passing the infrastructure bill, for passing the American Rescue Plan, for the largest investment in clean energy in U.S. history. He has been, in that way, the most progressive president of all time, the most pro-union president, pro-labor president of all time. He's been, again, pro-LGBTQ president, enshrining the rights of LGBTQ people in the United States and law. Democrats had control of the House, the Senate, and the White House. He got a lot done in two years, including 14.6 million jobs. And, oh, by the way, the next time one of your Republican friends mentioned that all oh, those were just jobs he replaced post-pandemic, that was just people going back to work. That might have been true. But every job that was lost during the pandemic was filled again by August of 2022. So all of those jobs added since August of 2022 had nothing to do with the pandemic. They were just new jobs, new opportunities. He's underseen an economy that has seen the lowest black unemployment since we started keeping records. So he made promises. He made promises to the black community in the United States, and he's kept them. He has kept them. Now, if the illegitimate religious Supreme Court has struck down like his student loan debt forgiveness, he went around them and forgave debt anyway. He essentially ignored the Supreme Court and has cut debt for people who had to borrow money to go to college. Now, I, I say that this is just treating the tumor. This isn't actually cutting it out or using new technology, but it's a start. 
We need to start encouraging these institutions of higher learning, which are still the best ticket to a middle or upper middle class life out there, uh, to take more students, to, uh, to stop being a luxury brand and go back to being public servants, especially Harvard, which sits on a $52 billion endowment, but only allows in about 1,400 freshmen a year. That doesn't make any sense. No, Especially when you have a university like Tennessee that has a total undergrad population of 30,000, which means we have to be letting in, you know, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 students, almost 8,000 students per year to get to that number, sometimes more. And I think Harvard and other Ivy League institutions could do the same. There's no reason to have these, uh, the, these, very, very low acceptance numbers that they have at schools like Harvard, Yale, Princeton, etc. We mentioned that the March 4th trial date, the January 6th trial date, the trial date that could have seen Trump go to prison for the rest of his miserable life has in fact been postponed. <sighs> Judge Chutkin has had to clear her schedule for March saying there won't be a trial in March because we're still waiting on a three-judge panel of the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, I'm right, sorry, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, to come back with some sort of finding. And when they rule against Trump, he'll demand that the full circuit hear his appeal. That could take another two or three weeks. Then there's the Supreme Court after that. So we have this appeal to finish, another appeal to go to the full panel, and then we have to find out whether or not the Supreme Court will even hear this ridiculous argument of absolute presidential immunity that you could send SEAL Team 6 out to kill your presidential opponent and it would be 100% legal as long as you were president at the time. Doesn't he realize him claiming that, that Biden can turn around and actually do that? Not saying Biden would. No, I don't believe Biden would. I, mean, I don't think he's present enough in his own mind or actually believes he's not president i really i really believe he he drank his own kool-aid at some point and thinks that he can get around all of this if he you know has the supreme court rule in his favor on that i think first of all the the trump game has always been to stall 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 and that's what he's doing here he's just trying to find another way to stall but this has no bearing on alvin bragg the district attorney of new york city's case this has no effect on Fonnie Willis's RICO case and the 18 co-defendants that Kenneth Cheeseborough, Cheese the Cheeseborough, uh, the man who actually drew up the fake elector scheme, that Sidney Powell, the Kraken, you remember there, she was coming with evidence that the, that the 2020 election was rigged every day. She was coming every day, every day, until she finally had to write a letter of apology to the people of Georgia for trying to scam them out of their vote. And former Trump attorney Jenna Ellis, who stood in front of the court and cried. So we have at least three of those co-defendants who have flipped on Trump, and who knows how many more. We, we have rumors of Mark Meadows meeting with the Fulton County District Attorney and might be granted immunity in this case for his invaluable testimony in this RICO case. So I say, Alvin Bragg, keep your March, I think it was 27th, 
uh, court date because there's not going to be a March 4th court date for Trump. Drag him in there. He's already been indicted. Find him guilty for the Stormy Daniels hush money payments for disenfranchising voters ahead of the 2016 election. No, we didn't even know until after he had been elected that he had paid $135,000 or $136,000 to an aging porn star and then covered up those payments using an attorney, Michael Cohen, who has already served time in prison for lying to Congress about this very thing. So it might not be a long term in prison, but anything to get this son of a bitch out of the way. I mean, it's time for us to act here. Honestly, I'm just fed up talking about this clown. Like, we're talking about a guy that is metallic copper orange, and he's just, he's ridiculous. It makes my brain melt to have to sit here and deal with all the bullcrap that he does. I mean, we have uh, him scamming the crap out of people. We have him lying and making excuse after excuse after excuse just to get away with it. Eventually, he's going to just be in bars. Like, it's coming to that point. Yeah. It's just waiting. If, if the strain of all this doesn't kill him first, and that, that, that's really, and I'm not hoping for that. I'm not up here cheering for the death of Donald Trump. Nobody wishes death on another person, but we want it to stop. We, yeah, that's been perhaps the the best thing about President Biden. Not only we have these great economic numbers, not, you know, not only do we have a more robust and healthy nation than we had under Trump. Oh, he's killing it. But he is also normal. Yeah. I mean, how about a president who doesn't say only I, only me, only... Only I can fix it. Only I can do it. Leave the problem for me. We have a president who currently has a bipartisan commission of senators working on a deal to both fund Ukraine, fund Israel, and tighten restrictions on the border. Even though the border is not nearly is not near the crisis that right-wing pundits would lead you to believe. In fact, they convinced a bunch of people to convoy down to Eagle Pass, Texas, to see this invasion. Yeah, I remember that. Only to get there and find out... There was nobody there. There was no invasion. Right. So that was part of the the New York Times story today, as a matter of fact, in the New York Times Daily Read. So I'm not sure what to say for them. I, I, I don't believe Trump is even eligible to be on the ballot. I think it's a shame that Republican primary voters have been bamboozled by really... A crappy con man. He's not even a good con man. Now, a quick update. NPR reports that the Biden administration has struck targets in Syria, Iraq, and Yemen after the drone bombing of a U.S. vessel, uh, what, about a week ago now? Yeah. That killed three service members and injured dozens more. The Biden administration promises more strikes against Iranian-backed militias in the region. The Houthi rebels in Yemen swore that this was a mistake and would escalate the war, but I uh, I think that they have uh, too many of their own problems, including, I think now, seven years worth of bombing and dismantling by the Saudis. I have to say, I, I don't know much about the nation. I don't know much about the people 
about uh, the major religions there or the government itself, but the Qataris, Qatar, has been an important ally in the region. And so has Egypt, which is allowing Palestinians to cross the border, especially those who are journalists or work in other specific professions to escape some of the incredible bombing that's going on by this extreme right-wing Israeli government. And that in no way makes me an anti-Semite to sit here and tell you Benjamin Netanyahu's a crook. The people working in his cabinet who are far right-wing Zionists are insane and want to see the complete destruction of all Palestinian people who want to see every single man, woman, and child in Gaza die. But that's the only way their goals are attainable. And they're telling you this. So don't expect Benjamin Netanyahu to step in and be anything more than the monster that he is. At some point, a humanitarian pause has to happen so that people can get out of the way. That doesn't mean that you have to let Hamas get out of Gaza. That doesn't mean that you can't continue a ground and aerial assault that's targeted to Hamas fighters and to Hamas leaders, even when it's in other countries, as they've already done, killing a Hamas leader in Iraq earlier last month. But at some point, the slaughter of civilians just can't continue. I mean, the death toll's up to 27,000 now. Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, when Hamas broke through that gate on October 7th and unleashed hell on its own people, ultimately Hamas is to blame for the suffering of its own people. But at the same time, there, there comes a point of irrational response. The way the United States responded irrationally after 9-11 when in March of 2003 we decided to invade the one country that had nothing to do with 9-11 in Iraq. Now Afghanistan, I get it. I understand that eight, what 17 of the 19 hijackers were from Saudi Arabia. Well, we're not exactly going to invade Saudi Arabia, are we? Gas would go to $10 a gallon if we did that. It's also one of the five largest economies in the world. However, Afghanistan, which had, has had attempted conquerings by the Russians, the French, and so many others over the years, was uh, an easy target for the United States. Uh, although it turned into one of the toughest and most bloody conflicts that the United States has been involved in since Vietnam. And it took 22 years to end that disastrous war. And who ended it? Which president? Biden. Joe Biden. Even though it wasn't the most perfect withdrawal of troops, it wasn't the type of withdrawal we would have seen if it had been Donald Trump. There could have been hundreds of service members killed if it had happened in May instead of in August of 2021. So uh, we have to thank President Biden for that as well. Although it's been devastating for women of Afghanistan, it was something that had to happen. And also put in mind that Trump went to or refused actually to go to the Cemetery of the Fallen and call them suckers and losers. Suckers and losers. Now, we got a, uh, 
a rare glimpse at the infamous Joe Biden temper that dispels any myth, any rumor that the man isn't sharp or he isn't there or that he slowed down too much when he ripped into Donald Trump for calling service members suckers and losers when he declined an offer to visit the cemeteries of U.S. soldiers in France because it was raining. Especially here in South Carolina, a proud military state. Donald Trump, when he was commander-in-chief, refused to visit a cemetery, U.S. cemetery outside of Paris for fallen American soldiers. And he referred to those heroes, and I quote, as suckers and losers. He actually said that. He said that. How dare he say that? How dare he talk about my son and all of us just like that? Look, I call them patriots and heroes. The only loser I see is Donald Trump. He decided to, uh, to just skip it. To just skip it. And then go on to call following U.S. service members suckers and losers. Now, we have a president of the United States whose dead son, Bo Biden, served in Afghanistan and Iraq. And in 2015, died from a brain tumor that he almost undoubtedly got from burn pits in Iraq and Afghanistan. Now, for people that don't know, what is a burn pit? It's, it's just that. It's a burn pit. A lot of times early in the war, we would simply burn oil. We would, we would burn toxins of different kinds. And you had soldiers who were working around or in those burn pits that breathed in those toxic chemicals, then came back and got rare forms of cancer, often brain cancer, which was what Bo had. And so Bo was a veteran who died outside of combat, but still a dead veteran. And it enraged President Biden. We're also learning that President Biden, well, he uses some, some select four-letter four words when talking about Trump yeah. and private, <laughs> which uh, an angry Joe Biden is. It, it, it gets me charged up as a Democratic base voter, but it also reminds you that this is a competent man. Even if he's 91 years old, this is a man who is capable of running the country. And any myth, any rumor, any suggestion, especially from the mainstream media who's going to both sides of this country right off the authoritarian cliff, can finally drop it. Donald Trump is approaching 78 years of age. He looks as though he is slowly rotting, especially looking at the bandages on his hands and his side-by-side -side split photo of Elvis and he. People have claimed for years that I look like him. What do you think? I think you've had too many hamburgers, too many Diet Cokes, too much fentanyl, too much methamphetamine, too much hydrocodone, too much oxycodone. Too much Adderall. Too much Adderall, and we have lists of all this that now Congressman Ronnie Jackson, then presidential physician, when you were in office, you rotten, fat, sweaty, rust-oleum-colored pain in the ass. <laughs> and, and I can only imagine the select words that President Biden has for you as well. Oh, he almost called him a sick... 
yeah, a sick F word. And, and he had to stop himself because it, 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 a man who has been in public service as long as President Biden, 50 years in public service, would be outraged at a man who is supposed to represent the United States military saying those type of things about military veterans. I mean, Trump was a loser from the moment he won the the presidency in 2016. He was sort of a loser from then on. I mean, the Women's March produced twice as many people as his inauguration, which came up the Saturday after he was elected. The They lost the House in 2018. They got absolutely... They just got butchered in twenty in twenty eighteen, in twenty twenty they lost the White House, they lost the Senate, in twenty twenty two they lost again, and now here we are in twenty twenty four with the lead mouthpiece of this fringe Donald Trump dementia J falling apart right in front of us all after the E. Jean Carroll verdict. I'm not sure. And the Judge Ingeron verdict looming out there and could come literally any day. I mean, we could be looking for it uh, today, as a matter of fact. We could be looking for it today, Monday. So, Logan, if there's nothing to add, we could go on and on uh, about Trump, his lies, his nonsense, a surging pro-democratic president in Joe Biden, at least a pro-democracy president, whether you're a Democratic voter or not, at least the guy's not promising to blow up the country, both figuratively and literally. Um, if there, you got any last thoughts, I think I've wrapped it up. No, I think that's all the damage we could do for the day. Yeah, I think we pissed everybody off. Because otherwise, we, we will be here all right. day and all night. We have we haven't uh, we haven't thrown any shit at our local congressman Tim Burchett, who deserves every, my daddy and my daddy Burchett. Any grown man, any grown man or woman who still says my daddy at uh, beyond the age of I don't know eighteen or nineteen is a douche, and that includes you, Congressman Burchett. So if that's all from Logan, that's all from me. This has been the Magnolia Media Podcast. I'd like to thank Logan Ramsey for doing our audio editing and co-hosting with me today. I'd also like to thank Courtney Halstead for her technical support. From the Magnolia Media Podcast, I'm your host, Jonathan M. Ruggiero. Until next time, be well.